welcome back to Obsessed or Possessed, an accountability podcast written. Oh God, it's been too it's been long. Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. Welcome back to Obsessed or Possessed, an accountability podcast run by two writers with big projects and even bigger procrastination tendencies. So much so that we've had what, like a month delay on this latest episode. Been kind of a hell month. Yeah, it's the February blues got us. Really, is the February blues. We got hit by both February blues and technical issues. So this episode, parts of it might seem a little, how shall I say, inconsistent. Because with full disclosure, this is actually the second time we've recorded it. Yeah. Oh, Essentially wow. what happened was the first recording was only salvageable in parts, but we really liked the content of that and we wanted to use that topic and it didn't make sense to re-record the bits that we've already recorded and that were true at the time, namely the word count. So we're going over the stuff that did not make it and that bit survived the cut. So they've been recorded at two different times and by next week, we will be up to date with what's happening. It just, this was true at the time and we didn't want to cut it out of our writing journey. So there you go. Don't fucking sue. And it's, you, you might notice the differences. So uh, the differences between the two, I believe that we, when we originally recorded it, we were all very bright eyed, bushy tailed, new year, <laughs> new us, everything was going so well. Yeah, yeah that was a great week. Actually, it was two weeks because we start, we altered our recording schedule mm. because, you know, life. Um, mm. So that was a great time where I believe we were both possessed to different extents, yeah. but basically we were both possessed. And um, the the word counts will eventually reflect that. And then it's going to be really sad when we do this next week. <laughs> yeah. So if we sound depressed this week, guys, but really happy at the end, that's probably why. But Anna, actually, we didn't introduce ourselves for maybe any new listeners. I am obviously, well, TJ. <laughs> and as he said, I'm Anna. So there you go i thought by now you guys would have heard the voices but fair enough i didn't assume that you know new listeners would start on the latest episode instead of the first but hey whatever floats your boat i think it really depends because i think with a podcast you never know whether or not it's one of those ones that's you know they it's self-referential or is every episode self-contained and you never really know with a podcast that i watch a lot of well actually let's get into it Anna, what have you been this week? Have you been obsessed or have you been possessed? I, oh God, it's so sad. You can't so see sad. her face right now, guys, but I can. And mine is a reflection of it also. So if we were to follow what happened when we originally recorded, then my answer at the time was I was productively obsessed, which I would then go on to explain how all of my obsessions kind of fed into my writing and I was really happy to do it. But I got hit by life real hard this month. And then I've been trying to get some of that motivation back and uh, you're going to love what I'm going to say next. And by love, I mean, you're, 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 I'm really glad that we're recording at a distance because you might have taken a swing at me, but you remember <laughs> that thing I did earlier in the year where I like got rid of everything and then started again. Wait, go. 
Next week's episode is going to be real interesting because we'll get back to that. But right now, we're going to use the old episodes answer where I'm going to say productively obsessed. Yeah, you can't leave me hanging until next week. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, want spoilers. Give now. You have not done it again, have you? What I read was amazing. Oh my god. Okay, so here's. Uh, okay. Here's, I okay with the last set of rewrites, I felt that I was on the right path. Okay, but and I you were. It was quite, but it wasn't quite there yet, and I was still. Mm, I, I I wasn't in it yet there was stuff that i didn't understand and then what the good thing that happened from this month is that i think i finally really understand each one of these characters and how like this story moves together Mm -hmm. so some changes had to be made again so I guess the word count at the end of today is hella inaccurate, huh? It will be surprising. Okay, fair enough. It will be surprising next week. Well, watch this space for next week, guys, because I'm also at the edge of my seat. So So how about you? um, Well, when we originally recorded the original episode, I was, I believe, um... I'm assuming that I was quite obsessed. I feel like maybe my, my word count had gone up, hadn't it? Yeah. I think you were my more word... possessed. Your word count did go up. Yeah, yes. that's what I meant. I always get obsessed with possessed stuff. I'm like, it's fucking name of our podcast. Our podcast. You can't admit uh, that. It's our podcast. I we're know. Not I should really stop. I know. I should really have it down by now. What 11 episodes in? But, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, I believe that I was obsessed because I feel like. um as you'll probably find at the end of this episode, because we are actually using the original ending that we cut. So if we sound a lot less tired then, that's probably why. Um, No, I believe my word count had actually gone up quite a lot, hadn't it? I feel like I'd had a very kind of productive January, so to speak. Um, What have I been recently? Um, Recently, I've just been trying to get through the day. So, uh, and that's like every day. So, you know, when you just like try to get through the day and then you sleep and then you try to get through the day again, Um, kind of like Groundhog Day, but different things happen, but really kind of it's the same. Um, So this month, um, since then, I've been uber unproductive but i feel like you know retroactively looking back at january i had a fucking productive january i wrote quite a lot i got quite a lot done and i believe that i was really really quite pleased with the way the the way that it was going actually um i believe that i am well i believe that i was but because i've done very little since which i'm gonna have to change this week um by next episode but I believe that I'd gotten quite a lot done. I have almost finished part one. I know oh, that. Oh, I thought you that. had actually finished part one. No, no, no it was the chapter twenty that you finally finished. Yeah, I finally finished chapter twenty. So now I get to write 20, chapter twenty-one, which I don't know why I've been unproductive this month because chapter twenty-one is like the fun one where a lot of shit comes together. Um, but then I've also got another part that I need to finish. Um, that's slightly well, that's kind of coming as well. I that that part I struggled with, and then. It's kind of a non sequitur, but then I finally got into writing that as well. 
Um, so yeah, okay. Um, let's go with obsessed for the purposes of this. Um, since then, less obsessed. I've mainly just been watching. Um, I feel like I always just end up advertising for other podcasts or YouTube videos in here, but I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos by a girl called Bailey Sarian, and she does a lot of true crime things. I think she does like Murder Mystery Makeup Monday. I'm not really into the makeup. Oh, I really... yeah. I, okay. I didn't know her name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into the makeup because no offense, it's just not my thing. But like, I just, I, I find she has like a really, I like her voice in general and she's very kind of chatty. So when I was, when I'm in like the apartment by myself, I always just kind of listen to her because she kind of tells the story, but like as if you're there as well. So it's very much just like, oh, and what's, and it just kind of gets you in the moment. And then if you're on your own, it's very much like, oh, like I'm having a conversation, but obviously I'm not in a less slightly crazy way uh, but i've been listening to her a lot generally and listening to jay and miles explain the x-men and watching rupaul's drag race well not the fucking american one sorry i'm just gonna bitch for a second guys fucking world of wonder or wow or whoever the fuck you are how the fuck dare you put the new season of american drag race behind another fucking paywall i'm not paying monthly just for drag race i'm sorry fuck you but um I have been watching UK vs. The World, and no spoilers, but the last episode, which happened just at the, as we are recording this, um, made me furious, and I'm very, very sad. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you know me well, you'll probably know why I'm sad, and at which queen I am sad about. Sorry, completely off topic. Anna, yeah. Oh, I, I realized I mentioned that I was productively obsessed and my obsession fed into my rank, but I never actually explained what that meant. Uh, basically, yeah. it's I've gotten into Taylor Swift uh, because some of her songs... Everyone should I, always be into Taylor Swift. Well, you know, okay, by, by this, I mean just her music. I do not care about, you know, personal life or whatever, that whole saga. I, I enjoyed the, the whole... her re-releasing her own music because again i can relate to that oh, whole story i believe this yeah we talked about that that was a fucking power move literally oh my god oh yes i remember like, it. All, yes all of the respect to that but i just found that as i was listening to some songs they kind of match certain chapters really well so mm. they did help me develop this one character or get to know like i was suffering to finish this character's arc and then I started listening to some Taylor Swift and I'm like, oh, okay, it's so much easier to do now. So thanks, Taylor. Kind of ironic as well that Anna um, writes so much dark comedy and yet Taylor Swift, our little queen of sunshine and happy. Well, actually, no, is she the queen of sunshine and happiness? Is Anna some just songs. This because she's blonde, but yeah, I do like Taylor Swift, but yeah, no, this whole re-releasing thing, like, oh my gosh, big fucking power move and i think she is iconic i could relate on a very personal level to that but i don't feel like ranting about that anymore so um let's say we get into it the main yeah yeah i'm here for that let's get into the topic of the day today's topic ladies and gentlemen, is going to be about setting and location. So setting and location are obviously a 
big part of pretty much any kind of story, any kind of novel. Obviously, to varying degrees, depending on maybe the story that you're going to tell, the kind of um, the kind. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let me just pick up from where you're going with. But basically, yes. Uh, different stories <laughs> give different levels of importance to your setting. And a main difference between our writing is just that, where in your book, The Hotel California, uh, the setting, the location is very much an integral part of the story. The whole thing revolves around the location. God, I wish I had your charisma. I don't know how you It's able. not charisma. It is Eloquence. pure bullshit. It is absolute eloquence i literally struggled then you literally talked about my novel better than i ever have done <laughs> you've literally just talked about my novel better than i ever have done sorry my partner has just been sticking a metal straw in some bubble tea <laughs> <laughs> sorry this is why i've just been giggling for the last five minutes and he's been trying to do it quietly and there's absolutely no way that you can put a nope. metal straw into a bubble tea uh, quietly and i was just watching him like is this gonna work um yes location is a massive deal but like you say it's to varying degrees of importance depending on I guess it's depending on the writer itself and depending on the story that you tell. Like, I believe last time we discussed this, um, we were talking about An Idiot's Guide to Getting By. Yes. And we were discussing the level of importance that you placed on the varying settings that you used within that story. Do you want to maybe talk about that? And what was your kind of thought process behind these decisions? All right. Well, briefly, in case anybody hasn't picked up my book, in which case, maybe think about it. It is available. In which case, fuck you if you haven't, because it's great, and you do need to. Otherwise, um, I'll kill you. <laughs> He'll be. That under actually your bed. wasn't a threat. Please don't report me to anyone. Oh yeah, you know that Spotify has changed its rules about how you can speak and whatever. Um, oh really? Yeah, they they have a whole new uh, terms and conditions, but we'll talk about that on our own time because you know that that's uh, more an us thing than our listeners thing. thing. Yeah. Um, true. Yeah. So yes, an idiot's guide to getting by. It does move around from different settings, and the locations were of personal significance to me, mm -hmm. and they also made a logical sense in terms of where the plots could go. Mm -hmm. However, the cities, the areas, the villages, etc., weren't quite so integral that I needed to, you know do an in-depth history of the locations and then bring up monuments or whatever it's the people were where they needed to be mm -hmm. um i recently got a comment uh from somebody who read my book and they were a little bit originally they found my writing style a bit jarring because it's very light on physical detail and they felt mm -hmm. that they were sort of being dropped into scenes like, like as they moved from place to place from chapter to chapter Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. But mm -hmm. yes, so I don't mind saying that the story starts in Chicago and then it moves away from there mm -hmm. where it goes. Read the book and find out for yourself. But yes, it does go to different places from there. Mm -hmm. But in each case, it's not that the city was so important that I needed to provide you a whole description of where it was because the whole mm -hmm. point is that these characters don't know where they are 
-hmm. physically, metaphorically, spiritually, they're lost. It's an idiot's guide to getting by. They don't know what's happening. Therefore, the reader should also be somewhat confused. No, I get that. Um, why did you decide in Chicago? It was just literally, I need a city. Chicago is a city. Hell, um, why not Chicago? Well, um, some little personal detail I can reveal about myself, but I grew up somewhat near Chicago. And um, mm -hmm. some very notable weekends of my childhood mm -hmm. were spent in the city and it's a place that I very much love. And the last time I was there, it was years before I started writing An Idiot's Guide, but the idea was already present. And I remember as I was walking around, kind of feeling like, yeah, I, I, I could start here. Not necessarily mm -hmm. that I was thinking that, oh no, I'm gonna start the story here, but just that something drew me to it. So I'm like, yeah, I, I could start here. So that when I actually started drafting it, I originally, the, the original story was set in London, actually. I feel, oh, I feel like we discussed this last time. Like, so, you know, you just have a sense of deja vu. And um, before I get into this really quickly, fun fact, me and Anna both have ties to Chicago because my grandmother was born in Chicago. Ooh. It's a great place. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. You gave me my grandmother. Never been to you, but apparently you're great. We um, should go. We should go, actually. Um, yeah, I'm totally up for that. But wanting to get back to London, um, having obviously read it and also just, well, having read it, I remember obviously reading it throughout the um, drafting process as well, having read it multiple <laughs> times at varying different states of completion. It being in London, how would that have worked? It didn't work with the way the plot is now. Mm -hmm. uh, but huh. it because of the whole witness protection thing being an integral part of the plot, mm -hmm. I had to move it to the States. Mm -hmm. So then when picking a location, I'm like, nah, it's not going to be New York. Nah, it's not going to mm -hmm. be DC. Nah, it's not going to be LA. Mm -hmm. And again, remember that feeling I mentioned of like, oh, I could start here. Mm. When I talk Chicago, I'm like, yes, this makes perfect sense. It can be here. Mm. No, there I totally get you. A big enough city that somebody could feel easily lost in, but also mm -hmm. small enough that certain coincidences could happen. Uh, this all not to give away too much of what actually happens in the story. But yes, uh, from what I originally started writing, uh, where it was set in London, it was... I didn't get into any of the, like, the crime plots. It was just mm. when I was drafting a character, mm -hmm. uh, the story, it was basically just a chapter or two of a guy lying on the floor of his bedroom, <laughs> sort of lamenting the fact that he just lost his job and was hiding from, I believe it was his uncle who he lived with. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, just because he didn't want to have to explain that he got fired. And it was basically a whole chapter about how he was surrounded by robots and he felt like everything was just sort of weird. It was a very bizarre, it was a little bit more like of your writing than mine, actually. No, I totally get you. Those kind of meandering things where it doesn't really go anywhere and it's just kind of like, there is this guy. A chapter of um, when he was at the office, just sort of looking around and trying to test his colleagues to see if they were even human because he was convinced that they were robots. 
this sounds right up my alley. This sounds exactly like something I would write. Yeah, and it was all basically just a way for him to not feel as bad that he isn't assimilating the same way that other people were. That hmm. it's it was basically the way that I was feeling in offices where it's like everybody else is managing to do this. What am I why am I feeling wrong? I feel so out of place, but I don't understand why. Maybe I'm not the problem, maybe it's them. And this sort of mentality became an integral part of his character but then mm -hmm. that idea got scrapped i don't even know where that chapter went and i'm really upset that i can't find it anymore did you send it to me at all maybe i have it somewhere i'll have to have a look no this was before i'd i even mentioned it to anybody like i was oh. I, it was before i ever thought about writing a book it was something just, I, yeah. I yeah it was just a way for me to de-stress and then few months later not a few months later i think years later uh i started with the idea that oh wait i'm back in that same position that i was when i was writing that thing where is that <laughs> so i just had to come up with a whole new thing and i'm like some parts i can keep so the mm -hmm. whole lying on the floor bit is pretty much how it starts <laughs> but the circumstances are different no i totally got you please if you ever find it please do send it to me I really want to find that because it was an interesting bit of writing for me, mm. considering it's not what I do now. Your usual thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Your writing is definitely, well, you've definitely got a specific style that's definitely you now. Whereas maybe then you were still, um, what's the word? Experimenting. Maybe a novice. A novice. Novice. No, what's that in Portuguese? Novicio? No. Um... <laughs> that that typical English thing. It was like, let's just take an English word and add eo to it. Oh, this is so fucking embarrassing. But I don't know in my brain right now because I'm like, because I'm seeing you, it's only thinking English words. No, I say. Me and Anna have only ever uh, spoken to each other in uh, English, obviously. <laughs> it is novato 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 god i love the pronunciation of portuguese um off on a tangent um location well for me i guess i should probably answer this now and oh keeping in mind i probably had a much better answer the first time we recorded this but unfortunately it was so long ago i forgot what it was um Oh, Los Angeles. Yes. The Los city Angeles. of angels. Los Angeles. Don't know why I'm clapping. Um, yeah, Los Angeles for me was kind of a no-brainer. So as Anna has mentioned earlier, um, depending on the type of story, obviously the location, the setting is very, very important. Um, usually when I write... And when I've written in the past, it hasn't been like, I've always kind of tried to stick to nondescript towns, mainly just because I like writing not in the UK generally anyway. So obviously my knowledge of the US is more or less limited to um, New York and Florida, which are obviously the only two places I've been to. And those were obviously when I was very young. So even then my knowledge is not great. Um, 
Um, but unfortunately, the story that I'm actually telling could take place in literally no other city other than Los Angeles. Um, I think, as Anna has mentioned in previous, or maybe I've mentioned it, as it has been mentioned in previous episodes, I believe, if not this one, um, Los Angeles is very much a character in itself within the story. Um, um, I, I can't remember how much I've talked about it before, but obviously um, I do talk a lot. It is basically based around a kind of Los Angeles, that kind of child star, that kind of WeHo kind of lifestyle. Those, I'm totally addicted to drugs. You don't have an eating disorder? Get one. Those <laughs> kind of Bryce Dinellas kind of fucked up asshole characters. Um, which arguably you could make a case for setting it in London as well, but child stars needed it to be in los angeles i remember once and i'm sorry if you're listening to this sister and if i've just called you out for this i remember once i gave the opening to my sister and my sister like read the start of it and my sister's always like oh no you should um set this she she read it and she was like oh you should set this in and then insert the name of a city in england where i live and i remember just looking at her and being like did you actually like read what i wrote um because it literally could not be set in england like this is a story that would not work in the uk it literally needs to be set in us Anna's yeah i'm sorry i'm pulling a face just because i couldn't imagine it being set anywhere else like sure this... maybe setting it in new york would make sense to an extent but mm. it just everything about those characters as well just speaks very california yeah it's distinctly american so it's distinctly us and it is very distinctly los angelino that's the correct demonym right it's distinctly los angelino um these are californian people this could not be set in any other state any other well the story is it is anyway the story as we are up to could not be set in any other state it couldn't be anywhere else just because a the type of people that are involved in it b the type of lifestyle that is described c the actual goings on that's actually happening it's very much focused on hollywood it's very much based upon agents child stars weird crazy wannabe actors artists and you can't see right now guys but i've got artists in quotation marks instagram tiktok stars again in quotation marks and actually not tiktok stars because it's set pre tiktok because um i'm old now and i can't be asked to write anything set in a post-covid world my world is distinctly pre-COVID and I don't think I will ever write anything about COVID. I think everything I write will be now set in a pre-COVID time or an alternate it's alternate universe. No, exactly. It's like, fuck, I just can't. Maybe in about 10 years, maybe I'll be finally past it, but by then probably something else will happen. But um, yeah, no, um, God, Los no, Angeles. No. Oh God, well, Sorry, what's happening today? Yeah. but things we're not are gonna get today yeah we're not we're gonna not get gonna political get. because that would just take us way too Much yeah off the, yeah let's not so yeah but yes. los angeles los angeles i was obviously faced with a problem in that i drum roll please have <laughs> i have never fucking been to los angeles so uh that presents um a bit of a problem because Okay, if you're setting something in an undescript town in 
the US, you can kind of just kind of fudge the details a bit because the town's not, or the location's not that important to the story. But because the location is really important to the story, I have had to do research and not even like the fun kind of learning about like weird history research, which I obviously live for, but the actual looking at demographics within specific locales in Los Angeles and California, um, literally looking at rich areas, poor areas, having a look at what kind of people live in this area, what kind of people live in that area, literally going around streets on Google Maps. It was very important for me in this story that okay it's set in los angeles it's important that it's set in los angeles so it's very important that it's in los angeles if you get what i mean so i i've kind of had to go around i've had to look at like different reviews of different places i want to talk about specific restaurants i want to talk about specific clubs so i've literally been going around on google maps i've literally looked at pictures of these restaurants inside just that i know what i'm actually describing so that it's somewhat accurate i have to say Um, it uh you did an impressive job considering when you told me that you had never been there this was already after i'd read i'd read the first mm -hmm. couple of chapters and i was amazed because you paint such a vivid picture of oh yeah they're walking from this place to this place Mm -hmm. and past this and the corner is over here and they stopped over here for to get grab a bite to eat and it's like oh clearly you must have like loads of times well i have digitally i have on google maps google Maps street view is a fucking godsend guys um but yeah no that kind of thing is difficult but i think for the kind of story that i'm gonna tell i wouldn't be able to not put in that level of detail because otherwise it's just gonna ring false like i can't really have um i can't I, if you're setting something and especially if you're setting a story somewhere and especially somewhere as quite infamous and beloved as Los Angeles, you've got to fucking at least do your best to try and get it right. Like, I'm not saying that it's perfect, but I, I, I have put in the effort. I, I can reasonably wash my hands of it and say, okay, yeah, at least I've put in the effort. So that in itself was, really really important and also just los angeles for the basis of the story los angeles for me has always been this kind of like magic area it's like a magical place like it's fucking magic it's fucking supernatural there's just something about it it's something that's both terrifying something that's both wonderful and something that's also like just creepy I understand exactly what you mean. It is at the it's like you have the whole movie magic. So there's the mm. air of oh things are created here and mm. you know people have these amazing ideas that are brought to mm. life. It's literally magic. Mm. But at the same time there's this really seedy history and like this exactly. underbelly that's like, you know there there's murders but you know there's murders there's prostitution there's trafficking there's a there's whole rapes. lot of really dark things that happen because mm. of that magic exactly and that's and that's just like some of it and there's just i've read a lot of conspiracy theories which i love not necessarily i agree with them but i like the ideas presented in them so i'm always a bit like i'm glad or at least i hope this isn't real but what what if it was um 
but that in itself is just that that that's why it, it could be set in no other place other than los angeles and i feel like there's a certain degree of and i think this is about californians in general especially los angelinos is that there's a certain degree of authenticity to them that is very much contrasted with the very large degree of fakeness it's like a very kind of you know it's like a very sort of authentic fakeness or fake authenticity and it's kind of like it, it it's very much a, is it like a dichotomy it's i was actually thinking of that word if that was the right word because yeah mm. if you can't these two things are true and it's strange for them to be like you, they're not mm. mutually exclusive like they can't exist without the other as well where mm -hmm. Yes, you have this authenticity, but at the same time, there's this persona that people have to mm. put on, which you would think invalidates the authenticity. But at the same time, they I don't even know what I'm saying, but I, I get what you mean. Yes. No, it's just it's one of those just such weird things where it's just that. And honestly, I find that about the US in general, I feel like there's very few other countries that have kind of. I guess achieved is the wrong word, but I've kind of cultivated that kind of, I want to say mindset and few other countries have done that like the US in that respect. I, I feel like people from the US are very special. And I mean that both positively and negatively, just as with every country, don't at me. Um, I'm very much enamored by the US, but I'm also very much terrified of it. Uh, I completely understand what you mean from personal experience. I think in a previous episode, either we talked about this or it ended up mm. getting cut. But um, there's this weird thing that you can kind of tell where what area somebody's from, from the way they act, where it's if you look nice or you act as if you're nice, but you're not actually friendly, you're you're clearly from a certain part. I'm not going to name these ones because, you know, you never know who's listening and if people <laughs> might feel called out. But yeah, we do not. Like, we're gonna get hate mail. Well, you know, we'd no. appreciate any sort of mail, so feel free. Go ahead. Uh, our yeah. email is meetthatwordcount at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at obsessed or possessed and Twitter, same thing. So go ahead, fucking hate us, just you know, yeah. interact with us. Yeah, so, no, it's fine. We can deal with hate, we'll give it back though. Oh, absolutely. Don't think that we're taking it lying down. Whatever you no. give, we're giving double because there's two of us. So Yeah, and also we're both incredibly witty and we can go low. Yeah, I, I, I will not hesitate to make you cry. I don't care. Did we just threaten our audience? We really have to stop doing that. Yeah, we do love you guys. Loves and kisses. We love some of you. Yeah, well, yeah. The frequent listeners, we love you guys. We love New you listeners, we love you too. Anybody who started and then stopped and like pretends that they're actually listening when they're not, fuck you. <laughs> uh, but really, we love everyone, except the people that we don't. Um, I went off on a massive tangent then, and I feel like maybe it's best to get to the second part. Time period then. Timing, yes. Do you like setting yours in a contemporary setting or, I mean, you briefly touched upon that you don't want it in a post-COVID world, but mm. how pre-COVID do you go? That is an interesting question. Um, generally, actually, generally, actually, um, I tend to 
specifically try to avoid referencing anything that might make it set in a particular year. Like I do make a lot of pop culture references, but my pop culture references, uh, my pop culture references um, literally date back to from the 60s up until more or less the present. I, I tend to um, go more towards the kind of, is the correct word like anachronism stew, but very much a kind of like modern anachronism stew in that like my characters might reference something from the 90s, but they might also reference something from the teens or the noughties um i don't like to pin myself down to specific years like even the hotel california i can look at it and i'm like i don't know what year it's set in it's kind of set in this decade it's set in the noughties and i do make reference not the noughties what do we call it the teens the 2000 and teens the 20 teens it's set in the 20 teens anyway um but um, and I have made references to things throughout that decade. So weird that that is last decade. I can't deal with it. But I guess, um, yeah, I do generally tend to avoid pinning it to be like, right, this story is set in 2017, in this month, in this time, because I find time very fluid anyway. So I like to kind of like give myself wiggle room. That being said, do I always lean towards contemporary? And the answer to that is no. That being said, I am, as I think I have mentioned in a previous um, episode, that I did start writing a second book that's obviously not... Well, I don't know, actually. It's a bit of a weird one. Um, that one at the moment, that one's kind of my answer to 100 Years of Solitude. But that one is very much set in the early 1900s, um, which is... Also, just because I can never be both, I hate setting things in uncon uncontemporary, non-contemporary. I hate setting things in olden times because the bitches don't have fucking telephones and toilets. And it really takes me out the mood when I'm thinking these guys are probably really not hygienic. Yeah. So that kind of stressed me out. Like when was like Bridgerton's really, really popular at the moment. Uh, when is Bridgerton set? Uh, Did you hear it's Regency era, isn't it? So that would be the court. I, I'm not entirely sure because, you know, it's not really my history and I didn't really bother learning that much of British history. So I'm not sure which king would be in charge, but I think it would have been a king. 1813. Like, I'm sorry that people are like, oh, yeah, sexy, sexy, all these people having sex. And I was like, they were probably not clean. And that really upsets me. <laughs> oh, like, uh, you know how the Palace of Versailles didn't have any sort of toilets, so people would just mm. go into random corners and do their business and then walk away. Yeah. People, this is like your titillating, 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 right? This is your titillation, guys. And these guys probably were not washing their private parts properly, at least not to the degree that we would expect today. So keep that in mind. Similarly, also, Game of Thrones. You know, it was all fun and games watching Daenerys get naked. But literally, none of those characters were probably clean. Well, to be so... fair, it's kind of Daenerys taking a lot of baths in the show. She's the well, only I'm not one specific... to bathe that much. Oh, okay, well, I, uh, maybe Daenerys was clean, but the rest of them, definitely not. Especially not the men. Uh, basically, anybody that was in uh, Westeros was not clean, but the ones in Essos... They, they seem to have some sort of hygiene standards. 
Okay, go ahead. So, so I must admit, Game of Thrones, as I think I've mentioned before, high fantasy does nothing for me. Um, I did watch the first three seasons, but I think I stopped after Renly Baratheon. Or was that season two? I stopped after the Red Wedding, actually. I think that was just too much for me. That was and season three, four? I can't remember. Um, I, I, I was never that into it anyway. I feel like I was just watching it because everyone else was watching it. Um, but yeah no so i generally tend to avoid specifically old times like i won't go earlier than the 1900s i won't go earlier than electricity um we had a lot yeah i won't go earlier than electricity um and even then i tend to uh more towards like lemony snicket style of you know like anachronisms to use so it's like maybe kind of like Oh, they've got phones, but like old-fashioned phones, and maybe that's not technically accurate to the time period. But uh, there's kind of stories I like to tell. It's alternate history; it's fine. <laughs> but I, I know that's like hand wave, like a bit lazy. But I'm just not interested in the kind of stories that come with. Oh, and then I wanted to call him, but I couldn't call him because phones didn't exist. So I had to send a letter. It kind of it just takes all the suspense out of it for me. So no. I think my problem with um, relying on letters and that sort of correspondence uh, is that how long each letter would take to get to certain places, especially if you're thinking exactly. there's no telephone. Maybe they were, they were talking pre-cars as well. So you, mm. people would be delivering these by horse. So mm -hmm. it's not a case of, oh, in a week they have it. It's months. And, and then they've got to send the letter back as well. Yeah, so yeah, the, the amount of time that would take place between mm -hmm. this thing it's just too much mm -hmm. uh, I, I i i realize that maybe the lazy part of me likes setting things in contemporary times because we have all of these wonderful conveniences yeah, wonderful and even if i want something with like a kind of older aesthetic i'll just be like eh, i'll make it steampunk uh i'll make it cyberpunk it's fine. I'll just be like, oh, cyberpunk kind of tendencies. And then I don't have to worry about all that accuracy shit. Says the person who walked pretty much all around all of the boroughs of Los Angeles in search of accuracy. Yeah, I suppose one of my issues with setting things before a certain time is that the expectation of if you do anything set in the 1950s, there's going to be some racial undertones or whatever. And mm. I don't want to write those books. There's enough of, you know, black trauma mm -hmm. content out there, and that's not what I do. Ex yeah, exactly. I get you. Like that, why should you? Yeah, women's rights issues. Again, I, I like my stuff to be set where even though in the modern day we can argue that it's not quite equal and it's not. And if you do want to argue with me, fucking fight me. Um, but I'd like to have at least some sort of pretense that it is mm -hmm. relatively equal. So I don't have to touch upon these issues because I don't want to. No, I totally get you. I'm, I, as, as, I, I, as someone who does actually touch on these issues um, myself quite a lot, but, I guess in a different way to the way that other people would. But no, I totally get you. Cause sometimes it's just a bit like, oh, there's a certain expectation. Like you say, oh, it's gotta be, it's in the fifties. So, oh, there's a bunch of um, 
misogyny, there's a bunch of racial undertones, especially if you um, are setting it in specific areas as well, in specific locales. Locales, 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 locales. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just want to tell a nice story, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. fashion and stuff, I hate that the criticism I've been getting the most is that, oh, this doesn't really feel accurate. It doesn't feel real because it doesn't include all of this terrible stuff that people used to do to each other. Like, really? That's the bit of the story that you want to focus on? The fact that it's not there? In a lot of ways, I guess. And that is very interesting in that, like, there is a time and there is a place for, and in a lot of ways, there is probably no kind of better way to describe it, but like trauma porn, essentially. Yes. And there is a time and a place for it, but, you know, just just because there has been and there is a lot of trauma in the world i guess doesn't and i'm gonna preface this with a asterisk in a second doesn't necessarily mean that i guess everything has to be about it and here's my asterisk i am aware that i'm saying this from a very privileged position and don't at me i'm saying this is obviously a very kind of privileged cis white male in England um but you know just because I'm, I'm struggling to verbal vocalize what I mean but well I, I don't know if this is not every, to make but not every story has to be that exactly and it's also the please don't expect that because we look a certain way or we come from certain backgrounds that we are going to tell those We've discussed before why I go by uh, this pen name instead of my actual name because oh, again, of course, it yeah. expectation. I, there, it's I have gotten the comments where if people learn that as a black woman that I'm writing books, they're expecting me to write certain kinds of books. And it's like, yeah, listen, those are fantastic and they serve a wonderful purpose and they are very much needed because this discourse needs to continue. However, I am not the person to do it. I'm not shirking my duties. It's very simply, it is not my responsibility. And it's, it's not the life I've led. I cannot contribute to this conversation in any sort of meaningful way other than mm -hmm. my experiences, which have been very limited and wouldn't make for a great book. So I'm not going to do it. No, exactly. And in itself, like, why are these people who are making those comments in us? saying these things or even believe that why are they forcing you into that box like like why end up forcing you back into this box that people have been spending centuries trying to get out of that box uh but yeah yeah like why why why, why are they forcing you into this box that people have been spending literally centuries trying to get out of um, it's, i don't know if you've experienced this but you know slight writing tangent but i've always meant to ask you but do you get this thing where when people learn that you're a writer they start suggesting stories to you like oh you should write this my uh it used to happen to me quite a lot my oh bless my sister she's just so wonderful um my sister suggests things quite a lot to me um which i really really appreciate but what actually needs to be mentioned and i hope we actually leave this in but my sister is herself actually also a very good writer um she just hasn't decided to literally destroy her life by trying to make it her <laughs> life like i am um but Harder. my sister yeah my sister is very creative she's a very very talented 
girl. She's not a girl. Young woman. Um, um, much more talented than me in a lot of ways. Um, and she's the one that's often like, oh, you should write about this. You should write about that. And I'm like, why don't you write about it yourself? You probably do a better job than me. My sister is very talented. Don't you just hate that when your sibling's like more talented than you? Ugh. I went off on my sister the other day as I was doing <laughs> just because her eyes are such a convenient shape for doing winged eyeliner. You can just do a straight line and like, <laughs> do you understand the amount of geometry I have to, like I have to do the calculations, like sine, cosine, work out the angles to get a, like a winged look. Meanwhile, her, it's just a quick straight line. Unreli not the same thing, but I completely understand. <laughs> we went off on a tangent. What about you? Do you prefer contemporary or old fashioned? Did we answer this already? Are we going around in circles? You tell um, us, listeners. I think I started answering, but yes. Yes, I like contemporary. One, because I'm used to it and it makes it a whole lot easier to write when you know what you're talking about. But two, I suppose a lot of the stories I write require some modern conveniences and a lot of the things it would just take a little bit more time by just having them go to a library and look up encyclopedias remember those um but eh, i feel like sometimes a trip to the library doesn't really fit the plot or sometimes i do it i'm because i love libraries i'm completely obsessed with them i'm doing it just to make myself happy instead of it actually being necessary so uh, what was my point yeah uh i suppose a lot of the stories that i think of don't really make sense in not prehistoric that's not the word i want to go for um older times i suppose even like victoria i don't think i could write a story set in the victorian era or anything before that <laughs> in a way that i i don't know i think the late the earliest i could set a story is maybe the 1920s i do have an idea that sort of works with that but 20s is fun it is fun but the way that i see the story is what i like about the 1920s 1930s is the sort of noir genre yes no i'm totally yeah. with you on this yeah uh there's uh, i think i mentioned it to you but there's uh, a book that i started outlining that it is yes. a noir comedy Mm -hmm. But I like the idea of using the sort of language that they used in those 1930s mm -hmm. uh, books and um, movies, but having it in modern time because it's sort of like a little bit disjointed, but kind of really funny that way. No, I totally get you. It's very, it's kind of a bit jarring, but jarring in that way that's kind of a bit like, oh. Yeah, it's and then... the, I recognize what you're doing, but at the same time, it looks very weird with this lighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's something that I was playing around with. I love that kind of stuff, actually. You know, when it's like taking old or older genres or taking like weird tropes from specific stories and then kind of like mashing them in with other stories. Like I'm a huge, and I think I have mentioned this, I think when we talked about the TV tropes episode, actually. Um, but I'm a huge fan of like mix matching different tropes and different genres together to create something, something a bit new, weird. Yeah. And I think that's why it's it's good to do that with certain aspects of time as well. Like, this is like apart from like the hotel california which is obviously just strange um i generally i tend to well actually no i say this as if the hotel california isn't this but i generally tend to veer towards more like surrealism as well itself you know like something that's a bit weird like it's not it's not fantasy because fantasy isn't my jig is not my jam but like some kind of weird surrealism kind of really just 
gets me. Preemptive apology. If my mic likes to cut in and out, so we never really know what's going to happen. So hopefully, you can hear me consistently throughout. If not, buy me a new microphone. That, that <laughs> time's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, one second. Let me just. But yeah, no. Generally, I think mixing up times with that is really good. What about you? How do you specifically relate to time within maybe the novel that you're writing at the moment? Like, how did you decide when it was going to be set? Do you make references? Is it even particularly important? Or is it kind of some undefined? It is, okay, there are clearly hints that it is contemporary, but how mm. recent it or, you know, potentially mm. future it is, um is sort of undefined oh. it's just not necessary so i suppose mm -hmm. it's the sort of thing that you'd hope kind that of... five ten twenty years from now it still holds up we're like oh yeah i understand mm. like, you know, this makes sense no i get you we'll have these things <laughs> we still do these things no it's it yeah it won't date itself yes that's the term yeah. it will not date itself apparently like I have such mixed feelings on that term because to date itself is considered, it's got a negative connotation, right? But I don't understand why people consider something dating itself so negative though either. Hotel California just preempting is literally going to date itself because I reference so many pop culture references from that era. But um, I don't see why that's considered such a problem though. I like when things kind of date themselves because you're able to look back at it in more of a nostalgic kind of sense. Like, I hope that when someone reads Hotel California, they read it and they're just imagining everything happening in their head, you know, with those one, those kind of like pastel kind of 90s Instagram filters. <laughs> like everything will just have that kind of pastel, kind of like weird kind of neon kind of Instagram 80s filters, 90s. See, with that, it makes sense. But I Grainy see... camera footage as well. I, I suppose dating itself is only a problem when the genre requires it to be sort of like futuristic or if you take a lot of sci-fi where it's supposed to be mm. you know set in the distant future of like 2005 because the book was written in 1980 mm. uh and then all of the references like oh i see you were imagining what the future was going to be but at the same time this is very 80s i love though like looking at the future from the past though it's like literally one of my favorite things i love looking at the you know there's like 80s sci-fi pulp novels and their covers of like futuristic cities and i was looking at one the other day actually because um there's a load of them that literally their idea of the future is q8 like just because i was looking at pictures of q8 because this is what I do in my life. And like Q8, there's just certain parts of Q8 that just literally look like, um, you know, the idea in the 80s of what the future would look like. Yeah, Specifically, uh, yeah. Google this. Google this for me, but look up Q8 Towers. Like yeah, literally I you look at that and that is what they thought the look like, but in the 80s. Yeah, that has that very, it's, um... What's that? Uh, it's Disney. They have it's. It was it the World of Tomorrow? Oh, Tomorrowland. Was it Tomorrowland? That's. I did watch that film actually. Um, a show. Oh, oh, right. It was a movie as well because it's. I thought it was just an attraction. <laughs> oh, the movie was awful. I do know the. Yeah, I think it was called Tomorrowland. Was it called Tomorrowland? It wasn't called Tomorrowland. Was it? 
I know what you mean. Yeah, because it's sort of like the, those things that in like uh, 1960s movies where you'd have like an expo. Of, oh, check out the world of tomorrow. Here's what people will be driving in the night, like you know, the 1990s, and sort of like a car on wheels that turn in, and then you can like drive on water type thing. I absolutely love that whole aesthetic, though. Like, I mean, obviously, I love everything that's old but new, but and definitely tended to veer towards neon which obviously i am really into um maybe that's but why i'm not into it i see neon, like, neon neon and pastel like weird fuzzy grainy things is my color palette but you know i'm obsessed with neon but the, there's just something about it that like oh, disneyland is such a magical place sorry i'm looking at pictures of disneyland now um but yeah Honestly, just the 90s, I'm surprised that I haven't written a novel that's specifically set in the 90s. Although, full disclosure, I did start planning a third one about a month ago. Uh, that one is an homage to Stephen King, but set in the 90s. At least the beginning is, anyway. Um, we won't talk about I'm that saying. one, though. I'm not allowing myself to... I'm not allowing myself to um, write it for a while because I also started writing a film script. Same. I don't know. I just wanted to create like a Wes Anderson kind of style film. So I'm just writing it for fun. Um, but like, it's very kind of like Wes Anderson. It's about like, um, it's called the children of God. No, it's called the children of Jesus. Um, it's not the Jesus that you think. Oh, no, sorry, stylized. It's the children of Azus, but obviously spelled the children of Jesus. Uh, uh, oh, now I was saying that uh, the thing that sort of scares me about those sorts of uh, the books that were written years ago that were set to be like in a distant future or even like in the near future. So if you mm -hmm. think, take things like uh, Brave New World or um, uh, 1984 or... Which was uh, 48 years ago. Yeah, Fahrenheit. Oh, 38 years ago. Fahrenheit yeah. 81, is it? Five, sorry, 451. 451, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, the, the problem with those is that a lot of the stuff that they imagined is like, oh, yeah, this is doable. And that's what's fucking terrifying because it's like, oh, they could do the same thing that these authors were warning about us about back then. Why are we heading towards the future that they just warned us about? I do not think I've read Fahrenheit 451. What's it about? Oh, wait. Um, you remember the, the, the thing that I posted a couple weeks ago about book banning? So yes. In, in this world, um, free thought, again, is not all that encouraged. So they don't allow books. And there, there's a whole thing. So basically, the fire department, instead of putting out fires, they mm -hmm. start them to destroy things that should not, you know, materials that shouldn't be, be existing, like books. Uh, so the, um, can I just say, just made this connection in my head, was Daniel Handler inspired by Fahrenheit 451 with a series of unfortunate events with the I voluntary so. fire? That would make so much sense. The volunteer ah. fire department, yeah. Yeah, because there is people that go around starting fires and then there's people that go around putting them out. And because obviously 
he's so obsessed with, you know, reading books, learning about things. Have I just made a connection that everyone else on the internet knew and everyone else is like, duh. And I'm just there like, oh my God, I really did a thing. I'm pretty sure there's a few people that haven't made that connection because unfortunately, I, I know that there's a lot of people who have read it, but I really wish that it was more common. And what terrifies me about people now banning books that include this one is that fewer people are going to access them because they're being told, oh no, this is a bad thing to read. And it's not. It's an important thing to read. Do people still ban books? Yeah. Have you not been following what's been happening in Texas? Oh, actually, a few states recently. I haven't been reading the news, to be honest. I'm really depressed. So yeah. I'm, I don't read the news anymore. So I stopped reading I, at the beginning of COVID and I didn't start again. Yeah, so it was um, one of the Saturdays that I took over the Instagram um, mm-hmm. stories. I remember you doing the thing about banned books. I just didn't realize. Yeah, it was basically in relation to that news where just that week they had added 50 new titles to a list of ban- books that should be banned. Is this just in Texas? This was in Texas, but there's a few other states that have been following suit. And my issue with it is that they have such inconsistent reasons for banning mm. books where it's like, oh, um, this contains too much sexual content and it's not right for teenagers to read. Okay, but here's the thing. How are you defining sexual content? Because there's certain things that are completely explicit. So it's like, um, it's, I can't remember the day. It's like, like 360 days in Gomorrah. Absolutely. That one. I'm not saying ban it, but no, teenagers should not read that. Children should not read that. To be honest, sensitive adults should not read that either. It's terrible. Uh, But at the same time, um, we're not going to tell people at an impressionable age that they shouldn't be reading about sex because they'd be informing themselves how to do things safely and how about the safe nature of relationships, et cetera. Do not- Is 360 360 days in Gomorrah the same as 120 days of Sodom or are they different? That's the one, yes, 120 days of Sodom. That's the- is horrible absolutely terrible it uh, i can't i'm not gonna talk about it because it's no i can't um did you know there's a film of it i i i know and i I, like i said i'm not going to because i just i cannot cope i cannot process it just no um again this is my taste um Mm. i don't like it but i'm not saying that it should be banned therefore nobody should read it it's my own preference yeah i got you uh Again, but from my own biased view, I do not see the point in it. It just feels like somebody's perverse fantasy has gone too far. Mm. But maybe there is some artistic merit in it that I'm not seeing. It does make me physically angry. I don't care for it at all. There's just so much fucked up about that book and the movie as well. So no, but again, I can acknowledge that that's my own personal taste and therefore not it should be banned for everyone simply because I don't care for it which is my bipolar perspective on this whole book mm. thing. Like, oh, you don't like the idea of witchcraft, therefore nobody should read Harry Potter? Come on. that That's not the reason not to read Harry Potter. Like they've banned mm. all of these things. Like I know, again, bringing it back to ages ago, I should talk Twilight a lot. I don't care for it, but that doesn't mean that nobody should read it. There is an yeah, audience- if you like it, read it. Yeah, there is an audience for it and for good reason it's it appeals to people there's a lot about it that is likable to people i personally don't care for it but Mm. that like i'm not going to base 
what everybody should read simply you know, based off of what I like to read. That makes sense. I'm just looking not... at this list. It's Michelle a... Obama, Political Icon by Heathery Schwartz is apparently on it, according to NBC News. Michelle Obama! It, you, you can sort of see a common thread when it comes down to it. It's basically when we're having... And you think anti-racism... It, there, a part of it is anti-racism. So it was the hate you give has been banned. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird has been banned. And they're like, these should be essential reading. Like, come the fuck on. Um, exactly. Yeah, so it was, I saw that Harry Potter was there, Fahrenheit 451. Oh, no, that book hasn't been banned. Parents just want it banned. Sorry, Michelle Obama, but still. Oh. Anyway, uh, Fahrenheit 451, yeah. 1984, uh, Brave New World. A whole lot of these books that are telling a very important story or, or like they have a very important message are being banned because they're like, oh no, these are talking about government control. We don't want kids knowing about that. You know, we are using the government to do terrible things. So ban the book that will inform them of what's happening. It, it's very obvious propaganda and it's awful that they're letting this happen. I am furious. Uh, it's complete tension, but I have a lot of feelings about this. So I feel like yeah. they're very valid. And I also have feelings about this because I feel like if my book ever gets published, uh, my book is going to be banned. So well, that's the thing, is that they have <laughs> it's no got the racism, it's got the gays, it's got the drugs, it's got the sex, it's got the masturbation. They're, they're pulling out reasons out of their ass. And if they have no set criteria of, oh, we want this book banned because it doesn't meet this threshold, then you're allowing way too much stuff to slide. True. It just, no. It, it's th this whole thing of like, they're using that case from the States. I know I should know it, but um, about obscenity of, oh, I know it when I see it. I, I'm sorry, but you guys can't uh, be the judges. No, I get you that. They want to ban To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird was literally on our school curriculum. Yeah. As it should be. Uh, it's been taken off now because I think they wanted to replace English literature with the books in English literature with more actual English literature, which I think is a shame. So I think it was my favorite part of TCSE English. Um, but yeah, they replaced it with... Larry Finn as well. I believe Tom Sawyer is also on the list. Yeah. Oh, God, crazy. Um, yeah, people be fucking crazy, man. I've... Uh, Let's go back to more <laughs> pleasant ways of speaking, because I think otherwise me and Anna are going to talk ourselves into a rant, and then actually you'll probably be here all night, because we will... I'm pretty sure I've already talked into a rant, but okay, I'm done now. I'm breathing. It's fine. <laughs> it's not fine, but it's unrelated it's okay. to the topic of today, which is location. Location, location. Um, In which location will your book be banned? <laughs> I don't know. Well, actually, no, because this new one, I've realized, you'll be happy to know, I've officially extended into the genre of magical realism. So, Woo, my favorite genre. Yeah, so in, in that case, it's probably going to be banned in those areas because, no, we can't have magic because, you know, life must be boring and beige and fucking gray. So life is boring and beige and gray enough, like... Why are you fucking not letting my stories be colorful and magical? It's also like the, I'm sorry, but the fact that you have no imagination doesn't mean that the rest of us have to suffer. Mm -hmm. Go home and well, knit. I'm sorry, not knocking on people who knit, but people like, who knit are usually the ones with the most imagination because they yeah, actually have, have to, to keep themselves. Let your mind wander. 
But I mean, in the sense that if you are going to be opposed to any thought that everybody else has, and you don't want to relish in a little bit of fiction, then stay in your own head. Don't don't mess with our stuff. They want to be the thought police. Oh, I wonder what book talks about that. I wouldn't know Ooh. because it's now banned. <laughs> well, at least thank God they're not banned in the UK yet. I don't think that'll happen, actually. Knock on wood again. Yeah, touch wood. Boris Johnson's getting pretty crazy. Oh, Bojo. Bojo. Um, yeah, I could talk about Boris Johnson, actually, but let's not um <laughs> i feel like i wonder how much of what we actually originally talked about in the original recording of the episode actually made it through and that would be quite we, interesting yeah we hit quite a lot of the points and i'm, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. down with that yeah here's where we start winding down and mm. then getting into the bit that we had previously recorded oh well, maybe yeah we should get back into the parts that we actually have um, recorded last time. So guys, you'll probably notice that our voices in the next cut, next cut, next part are going to get a little less irate and a little more optimistic. So, TJ, you've already hinted that your word count has gone up. What are we working uh, with now? Yes, my word count has gone up by exactly 5,030 words. So I am currently now on 1,000, no, 100,000, 100, oh, it's a difficult number to say, 138,937. I am expect, I was saying oh. to Anna, yes, yeah, it's long, man. I was expecting to Anna, I was saying to Anna yesterday that I'm expecting to get to the end of part one by mid-February, finally, fucking hell, I can almost taste it, oh my god, you have no idea. That by, at the end of part one, it will come in at a reasonable 150. Uh, thousand, um, which is reasonable. Shut up, don't at me. And um, yeah, um, yeah. So I have been possessed. I have actually written. So yay me. Hopefully that continues. Um, I feel like Anna's probably going to be a little bit more impressive than me. So Anna, prepare uh, to shame only me a little bit. No, no, not shame. It just remember, I I'm on a deadline because you know shit got this serious on this end, um, and I refuse to deadline so myself. I... I'm currently at 22,989 words. Ooh, girl. How much have you gone up by then? Um, so last time I think I was at just under 10,000, so it was 900 and something words. Not oh, 900, 9,000 and something words. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it's been because now we, we switched our, our schedules a little bit, so we're doing this every. Uh, every two uh, weeks we don't need to specify yeah okay we could say every two weeks yes we're recording that is our plan every two weeks yeah yes um don't hold us to that yes uh i've had some time to look at some stuff and uh it's not that i managed to save a lot from last time but um one of the characters that i i had written before his arc got saved because his was the only bit that I was truly happy with. And I'm like, okay, these mm. like first couple of chapters, they can stay, but the rest is all new. So I think it's like three chapters from last time, plus all of the new stuff that I've added now. So 22,989. Hell yeah. 
And hopefully by next, are you going to set yourself a challenge for next week? Well, next, next I'm, time. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I already set enough of a challenge and I, I don't want to stress myself out even more. No, that's cool. So, I, I'm going to set myself a challenge. I want to finish part one by the next time we speak. It's going to fucking happen. I want it to happen. It's going to happen mid-February. Really just want to get part one finished. I don't know what I'm going to do when I finish part one because then I've got right part two and part three but like i just need something that get people to read um so yeah that's gonna be my aim so hopefully by the next next time you see me i should be finished with part one even as i say i know it's not gonna happen but we'll see we'll see hey, hey, um, hey, hey, hey. remember words are powerful if you say it's not gonna happen then it's not gonna happen so switch that up try again and it, it is going to happen because I feel slightly better because I just we realized go. we've, got, we've got two weekends rather than just one weekend before we record the next one. So it's fine. Um, I have actually got time. Um, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. You are going to do it. We're going to do it. We got this. We, we got this. So I guess we should bring our episode to a close. We should stay something this week. I am going to stay possessed. Yeah, I'm going to stay possessed. I'm going to stay productively obsessed. I'm here for it. We should you should stay productively obsessed. I will stay possessed. And hopefully by this time next week, we will have been doing as well as we've been doing the last two weeks. Yes. We're better. Thank you. Yeah, even better. And thank you, our loyal listeners, for listening again to two probably delirious writers, Ram, whatever the fuck comes to it comes to mind we do appreciate you listening and we do love each and every one of you anyway guys until next week stay possessed Bye.